Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi friends and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you've had a great week since we last spoke. How am I doing? I'm good. Um, Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Aching a little, but starting to feel a bit more uh, back to normal. Uh, So this week I have been back in the CrossFit gym. Um, Yes, I (laughs) didn't really uh, go easy and uh, settle back into it, just kind of threw myself in and probably didn't stretch enough afterwards. So uh, anyone who has uh, done similar will kind of know what I'm talking about when I when I sort of say like everything ached but um I'm feeling good for it my mental health definitely uh, feels better when I have been exercising and I'm so so excited to share today's episode with you we're joined by Alison who is a familiar face so Alison joined us for our suicide discussion panel which actually was recorded after this um (laughs) but we're really diving into the mind, which is something I always love to talk about. I'm a real brain geek, uh, psychology geek, um, and limiting beliefs and self-awareness and all that kind of stuff, which is, I think, so important that um, developing that sense of self-awareness and being mindful of our limiting beliefs. Um, and actually, some of the things that I was sort of reflecting on last week, I talked about my anxiety around this, this volunteering situation. And a lot is linked back to my own limiting beliefs. So this was a really timely conversation for me listening back and editing it. An update, I volunteered this week and actually was much more chilled. Um, I thought about it a couple of times in the week, but not with the same amount of anxiety. And actually even going in for the shift, I was more um, a little bit nerves and adrenaline, but completely kind of manageable. Um, and had a really enjoyable shift. So that's all going well. But yes, this was, for me personally, a really timely reminder. And so I really hope that you get as much out of this conversation as I did both times (laughs) that we had it. So with all that being said, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. And I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Alison, to the podcast. So Alison, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, Hi, yes, my name is Alison Blackler. Um, I live in the northwest of England and I run a company called Two Minds. Um, my background originally was working in the NHS, working as a therapist and, and counsellor. I worked in all sorts of different fields then, worked in uh, drugs and alcohol, domestic violence, safeguarding, public health. And then 10 years ago, I left and set up Two Minds and I have the Joy of working in lots of different arenas with one-to-one, uh, working in teams, leadership, working prisons, working schools. And really what, what my kind of, I suppose my genre is, is the mind. I specialise in the mind so I can help people um, work out what's going on for them or support them to be able to work out how they are being and, and not being, I suppose. Amazing. And we're definitely, I mean, I love talking about the mind, so we'll be diving into that. Um, but as you mentioned, you've got this wealth of experience. It's not just uh, having the counseling, and I know you did cognitive behavioral therapy and psychodynamics, there's so some quite different theoretical approaches, but also now being a coach. So you've got that kind of uh, variety of methodology, if you like, plus all these different uh, kinds of services and clients that you work with. So really, a wealth of knowledge joining us today. So having all that that kind of diverse background and diverse groups that you've worked with, do you find a lot of similarities that people are experiencing regardless of, you know, what the situation there is? Is there a lot of kind of common themes to the human experience that you found? Definitely. Uh, I think the, uh, you know, I always say to people, this piece of kit that we've all got, in our heads, in our minds, our bodies is so complicated. It's, you know, it puts us at the top of the pile in terms of cleverness and cognitive approaches to life. But we are all um, unique, but we're also all very, very different as well. Um, 
sorry, we are unique and different, but we're also similar in terms of how the processing goes on. It's just what you're processing that makes us unique. So we, a lot of people have limiting beliefs. There's so many of us that don't believe we're good enough, hold ourselves back, have that little voice that doesn't quite let you go for whatever it is that you might be. We all have a lot of emotions. We process through emotions. You'll see a lot of people trying to understand the situation, but they're doing it very emotionally, um, which means you're not going to be rational and you're possibly going to see the other person not through the eyes of something solid. I think a lot of us are in the same boat, most people. I, I've met some very successful people who still have limiting thoughts about themselves and they've made their success, they've pushed through, but really the mind takes everything very personally, uh, does get very, very upset um, about what people are doing and saying or not saying or not doing. Uh, and, and I call it drama. You know, a lot of people call it drama. We, we get into drama with ourselves and others. So I see lots of trends and patterns for deafness in, in most of us. Yeah, good question. Yeah, familiar to me. Um, but I, I read something the other day about um, the mind and this idea that, you know, even when things are kind of calm and chilled, the brain will be like, Leia, let's find something to obsess about. It will find some drama if there's none going on. I think it is just a bit of kind of drama queen. It just likes to. <laughs> it does. It's, a, it's a, an association making machine. So it might, you might be sat quite calmly and you see something that can trigger something completely unconscious that you've really got kind of almost no idea why, why you suddenly feel a certain way. But it's also a, a machine that's meant to protect us. So if it, if it senses something that's a threat, be it a social threat, might be somebody that gives a funny, you interpret somebody to give them a funny look across the room, your mind will go into autopilot and into that. <gasps> what do I need to do? You know, it's, it's, it's an incredible piece of kit. And we can't stop thoughts. We have random thoughts come out of seemingly nowhere. And some of them get us into all sorts of messes. But we can't stop them. They do come. You can change. They do change over time if you work on yourself. But you, you, you know, you're absolutely right. We can't um, can't cater for why you can be sitting somewhere quite calmly and suddenly have a feeling that is not quite as fitting to the occasion. Yeah, and uh, you know, the idea of um, you know when you're really trying not to think about something, it's the sort of pink elephant or purple elephant or. Or whatever it's something to do with an elephant always that don't think of it and suddenly that's where the mind goes so i guess you know we're going to talk about self-awareness today but before we get into that you know how do we have any kind of control of the mind if it is so contrary sometimes of when you try and make it not think about something it automatically goes there how can we begin to try and master our mind if you like I think it's a journey. I think it's a constant journey. I don't think we, we make it. It's a bit like going to the gym, get fit. You know, you start there, you go repeatedly, you, you've got to go a lot, you've got to do the reps, you've got to do the, the thing. You, you're constantly making your mind stronger by, if it's a self-awareness piece or if it's something you've read or something you've seen, something on YouTube, a little bit of information or in, and taking on a little new task, if you like, for the mind, which we can talk about shortly, some ideas. It, it, you're encouraging yourself to be stronger in the mind. But the, but the first part of the call is it will go to the autopilot of whatever you've always thought. It, that's sort of a uh, go, go to, if you like. I think the, if you've got, we've got to think about, I think one of the best analogies I've ever seen when it's explaining the, how the mind uh, works is if you think of an iceberg and the tip of the iceberg, which is small, is the conscious mind. The conscious mind is the thing that you can make, him, make decisions with, your rational mind, your sensible mind. And then if you think about the picture, if, if you get one in your head, the bit underneath the water is massive, hidden, and that is your subconscious mind, which is your goal getter. You can say you want to do something, but if the unconscious doesn't believe that you can, doesn't think you're going to, you, it won't happen. So that the, the task, the, the journey, as I call it, is a, is a constant aligning that subconscious mind with your conscious mind. Because when, we, when you set yourself a goal of saying, I'm going to do this, and then don't believe that you can, it doesn't happen, you then feel bad on yourself, you beat yourself up, and you're stuck in this cycle. And for me, it's about being able to respect 
the relationship between the two sort of minds, if you like, and they're described in this way as if they're two completely separate things. I mean, obviously they're not, but I think it's helpful for people to, it certainly was for me, to understand them as two quite different things within our, within our mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I love the gym kind of analogy because absolutely when we think of the physical body we obviously don't expect well sometimes we expect to go to the gym once and it was <laughs> we're like why is why can't I progress yet but we know it's a lifelong thing but for some reason with the mind we have this block I think that we can understand physical health and we can understand that but with the mind we're like well why isn't it doing it now I just want it fixed and uh, I think we've got this real block around, <laughs> around. Yeah, we're, we're impatient you know, I see so many people who, you know, kind of, kind of want to get on this. They realise, you know, I think what's lovely about the way we are all today is we realise that we can get more out of ourselves. I think there's a shift in that sort of, it's almost like the revolution of the mind. We, we can get more out of, of ourselves. So there is a shift towards that. But, you know, I see so many people on this journey and they get impatient with themselves. They're hard on themselves. Why isn't this happening yet? Why am I still feeling like this? Why am I still thinking like this? And it's like, whoa, let's, let's look at being patient and being kind. So many people are not kind to themselves while they are trying to explore really, some, in some cases, really deep-rooted, painful things that the mind has held on to. And it will hold on to everything everything that's ever happened to you it will hold on to it because its job is to protect so just like it knows you don't put your hand on the fire because it'll burn you that's in there we all know it it's not going to move we're not going to make any changes it's a bit like that for some of the stuff that's stored for all of us individually about what may or may not have happened in the past and it doesn't have to be anything traumatic either it can just be the way it was the way we were parented the way it was at school and your mind will remind you of that. A bit like putting your hand on the fire. It's like, no, don't go there. It hurts. And it takes a, you know, it does take a, quite a lot of work for us to shift some of these things. I think that can be quite helpful to have that reminder. If we're in this cycle, like, why is my mind doing this? And the impatience come up to remind ourselves, it's just trying to protect me. That's why it's happening. Yeah, to have that sort of awareness and that understanding of being able to kind of check ourselves, wait is it really true or is this just that protective thing kicking in and and yeah having that moment of pause because we need it you know that this is the thing i have people often say you know i wish i could just get rid of that bit of my mind that's putting me into that doubtful place putting me into that you know fight flight or freeze is a common kind of model that people talk about but we can't because it, that is our safety it's very old that part of the brain it, it was there in the jungle days when we needed to be keeping safe from physical danger but of course we live now in these big social environments we have this thing called social threat and you know we can feel socially threatened we're comparing ourselves to others we are um we're worried about not being liked we want to be in the group and, and liked and loved so we're seeking all these emotional things but, it, but when, when it doesn't feel like it's there, your mind will be going into protection mode. Absolutely. So it is a great place to stop and say, it's okay. My mind is just protecting me. And then think about what am I going to do? Because if you follow the, the protection side of it, it's you, that's where you, people get into all sorts of situations with, them, with their thinking. Because they'll believe, you know, we don't have to believe everything our mind tells us. It's not all true. And, and again, it's just looking up for yourself in that way is a, is a great place to start. I mean, it's changed anything, but it's a place to start. And that kind of ties into our, our topic for the day of that being able to, for yourself, to recognize, is this, is it real? Is it my protective mind kicking in? And I guess that we will have those similar patterns of protective things from our experience. So if we have that awareness, we can we can know for ourselves hang on <laughs> this is like last week when when I had this this because of, of that and self-awareness is something that we often mention on the podcast but we don't really kind of delve into what it means and how we can increase our self-awareness so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I know it's something that's key yeah it's absolutely key to, to all of my work really um, because I actually believe that if you've noticed something that you want to change the fact that you've noticed it, you're probably about 80% there from changing it. 
Now, I'm not saying you just notice it once, but obviously when we say notice, we're literally paying attention to it rather than having a, 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 a response to it. So what a lot of people do is they do sometimes know about behaviours or thoughts or feelings that they don't like, but they're often in judgment themselves. They're judging themselves for having that thought. Um, they're they're at, emotionally attached to that thought or that feeling or that behaviour. And, and you'll hear people saying, oh, this is just the way I am. This is just the way I am. This is me. Or they'll say, why does this keep happening to me? So they're kind of aware that there's something that's not quite right. But they don't, they sort of follow the thing, if you like. They follow the thought. They allow it to be, um, they allow it to become true. I think for me, the uh, being aware does, is, is a quite a complex. It's got many arms, if you like, to it. It's, it for me, I like it. The way I think about it is it, we've got many options. So it's a bit like a, a different toolkit. You can do awareness in many different ways. Um, and and that, I think I like it for that reason, because we can, everyone's different. You know, some people talk about self-awareness and talk about mindfulness and being able to really bring yourself into the moment. And, but it's an active, um, it's an activity that you have to do. Be mindful. Um, and mindfulness is not about clearing your mind that's not possible mindfulness and you might have talked about this before but it's it's very much about noticing the thought in the moment or the feeling in the moment but that's practice people often say well, i've tried mindfulness and i didn't i couldn't do it i don't think you ever actually be able to do it i think it's a, for me it's a constant practice that's the that is the activity is to keep trying again and your mind will drift off and just come back and your mind will drift off and just come back so mindfulness is a big thing that is an awareness piece but what I'm interested in is being able to support people to notice more about what is happening. So is it a thought? Because thoughts affect your feelings, which then affect your behaviour. Or you notice a behaviour, be aware that you've done a behaviour, and then you'll notice that your thoughts and your feelings are attached to that. Or you might notice a feeling, and you can think, actually, I feel uncomfortable. I'm noticing I'm feeling uncomfortable. And rather than just run with that feeling of upset or anger, just being able to wonder what that's about and it's you know it is complex but it's something i heard once that that they say we regurgitate 80 percent of our thoughts each day i was like oh wow is it really can we not get good clean quality fresh uh fresh material um but we yeah. don't we regurgitate a lot of what we say um every day but being able to notice the quality of what we're saying, um, what, what, is it any good? Is it positive? Is it negative? What, where is it linked to? Is it, is it an old story that we're telling ourselves? Is it something that you're still running, running from many years ago? How old is it? There's all these different approaches to awareness that you can actually start to think and do something with it rather than just let it run. There was something I, I read the other day, um, and I can't remember <laughs> where this idea came from. I think it was a uh, Toyota or Nissan or, or some kind of car manufacturer, I believe. And they had this, this idea that um, to get to the root of the problem, you just have to walk like a childhood. And that most things you'd get to like the root cause with, within five whys. So when you have that thought kind of thinking like, why? So if you're feeling anxious, like, okay, why? Uh, because I've got this big presentation. Okay, why? because I'm worried that it's going to go wrong and people are going to judge me. Why? Because, you know, and so you're trying to get to the actual root of I'm angry. Well, why? Because I might just be angry at everything that's happening, but ultimately maybe because I'm tired <laughs> and I didn't sleep very well. And I really like that kind of simple, just kind of going why until you get that to me, like this was the, the kind of root cause. Although that, that's maybe simplifying it because it could be like we've been saying, the really unconscious kind of reason why but um you know kids do it don't they why 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 and uh i like it i like it i like the simplicity of most of the things that i um share as examples for people to have a go at trying for themselves because i think the simpler ones really are the most powerful asking yourself noticing what the thought is that you've just got so stopping to notice the thought that you've just got and then asking yourself something simple like is this true is it really true and if you actually can make that happen instead of following it down the path and, and giving it um, some airspace, 
you are already starting to slow down your thinking because it, for a lot of people they describe their minds as whizzing and whizzing and whizzing but if you're able to catch a thought and just look at it and think well what is it why is it there what's it linked to is it true is it really really true you know, if you believe if you've had a thought that oh i can't do that why can't you do that because i'm not good enough is that really true and who says you're not good enough you know so for me it's about how that awareness piece is some of it is about changing the dialogue with yourself which isn't easy i'm not saying it's easy to do because it's absolutely not there are thousands and thousands of thoughts one one little um metaphor that i really like is um courtesy of headspace and it talks about Headspace is a little app that pe- a lot of people might have heard of. Um, and it yeah, talks love about Headspace. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a metaphor on there that when I heard that, I just loved it. And it was imagining that you're standing on the side of a road and all the cars are your thoughts going by. So lots and lots of cars, some good thoughts, some lots of good thoughts. And some thoughts might come back around the block and you see them again. If you step onto the road and get involved with your thoughts and follow them and notice them but some of them are going to hit you and they're going to hurt some of them you're going to taste and you're never going to catch them and and just that metaphor of being able to stand on the side of the pavement and watch your thoughts going by rather than getting involved with them because as soon as you're on the road and involved with the thoughts it, you are not able to probably manage because it's the hurt some of them will hurt, some of them are not healthy, some of them hold you back. I love that metaphor and it's, it's sort of, it's, it is a lot of my work. Just having it in that view, seeing it like that, I think is, helps people. Because I've got people now who literally say, I'm, I, I try and stand on my pavement and I try and watch my thoughts go by. There's lots of metaphors that you can use, but you, know, you can let them go in a, on a cloud. Or There's all sorts of tricks that people adopt and everyone's personal, but I think the, the car one kind of resonates with quite a lot of people. So, you know, it's a good shout for Headspace. Yeah, I love Headspace have the little animations as well. And it's really visual for people yeah. to see. And I've used them with children as well because they can really help them uh, understand. And the thing that I was I was thinking as, as you were uh, saying that about that being able to notice the thoughts, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with a little bit of kindness towards yourself because some days it'll be easier to stop and just and some will kind of get carried up down that road for a bit and then we'll go, oh, wait, <laughs> I'm supposed to be on the pavement. And so having a bit of kind of kindness to yourself and grace of kind of going, that's okay. I can notice now because, yeah, life. <laughs> we, we quite often will be chasing thoughts and we've been running for half a mile before we'll go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. And I think that whole being kind to yourself is something that we often don't do especially as adults um we aren't very good at a lot of people aren't very good at being able to be pleased that they've achieved anything that day and you know i think if we think about the subconscious mind it's like a two-year-old child still in all of us it's the it's the conscious mind that's made us into adults the subconscious mind imagine it's two and you imagine a two-year-old and you never give them any feedback you never say well done you never say if, you, if you've hurt yourself, you never say, you would, you would always say to a child who's hurt himself, well, you know, come on, you're okay, and whatever, you know. But we don't do that. We don't, we don't celebrate our achievements. We're not pleased with ourselves as adults. We're super hard on ourselves. And I think when we're not doing that, actively saying, you know, I've done okay, well done me, we usually don't stop to notice that we've achieved something because we've moved on to the next thing before we've even had a minute to think, actually, well done me. But imagining that two-year-old child not getting any feedback ever, not hearing something like that, they would be problematic. They would either be quite naughty or they'd withdraw. And, and that's what we do. We become almost naughty in our thinking or we withdraw from ourselves because we are either not getting external feedback or we're not giving it to ourselves, like being kind of saying it's okay to feel like this. What am I going to do next? As opposed to I feel like this and this is how I'm going to feel all day. But it's it's a constant, constant activity. When we're saying about the limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough, I'm not enough. If you're so impatient, and as we've said, we're <laughs> very impatient, to not take that moment to celebrate our success and acknowledge it, we're just never seeing that evidence contrary to that I'm not good enough, the, the kind of evidence that actually I am, because we're just 
not looking at it <laughs> we're just on to the next thing like you said and that impatience means we miss out we don't celebrate and if it's if it's not celebrated externally and i think sometimes even if it does because we've not internally kind of proven to ourselves we are worthy then we just have that very awkward like oh no 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 <laughs> we can't take compliment so we're kind of denying that as well so then we're stuck in this loop aren't we i'm good enough because there's no evidence that says i am well there is <laughs> just yeah. not taking the time yeah you're absolutely right Anna. It's, it, we we miss a trick you know i say to people you might not um be achieving the your absolute ultimate dreams that you are achieving every day and if we don't stop to celebrate that and just say you know a little pat on the back and say well done me we're absolutely missing a trick to build our confidence to build our resilience even if it's get out of the car and say well done me for driving here safely and people sort of laugh at me but it, you know it is it, we talk about the mind gym i said earlier you know it's that is you being going to the gym and strengthening your mind by just stopping and noticing or being able and you know, one of the things a lot of people um, are unhappy about is how they look you know and it's so it's a big stretch to say yeah look nice today but if someone says they think you look nice or your dress is nice why do we say oh oh especially women we're terrible at it why oh it's only from wherever and actually just say yeah thank you because they think you look nice and even if you don't i think that's a, a practice as well kind of leaning into just sort of saying thanks even if you're in mind like oh they must be you know <laughs> They must be a bit delusional because I don't look great. Just saying thank you. And I think it's that sort of kind of fake it till you make it kind of thing that you sort of absorb some of it, even if, I think, yeah, so the subconscious is absorbing that message, even if your conscious is like, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, we're just trying yeah. to have a conversation between the two minds, if you like, and, and supporting that to believe that you are, uh, there's some bit of you that starts to chip away at that. I'm not good enough. You've got to find some self-worth. And that can start with the teeniest little achievement that you're pleased with. Yeah, absolutely. So before we uh, dive into my set questions, I ask everyone, um, I wonder if we can briefly talk about your, your book that you've, uh, that you've written and released recently, yeah, recently I believe. Yeah. Yes, I, I actually published it in April um, in, in the middle of lockdown. Um, I have been writing this book off and on um for about nine years uh, and off sometimes for whole years because i was either processing stuff myself or i actually became quite overwhelmed because it, for a long time it was just a lot of thoughts so it was it was a lot of my experiences a lot of things i'd learned about human behavior about why we believe or what we believe about ourselves why we behave like we do why we get ourselves into all sorts of different patterns in, in habits in our thinking etc for a long time it was just literally lots and lots of words uh, lots of word documents with you um, and i never really saw it as a book but it was quite uh, cathartic for me um, but then people as a as my business grew people said i wish you'd write all this stuff down that you know and you know you explain it really well so i wish you'd write it down so i started to think is it a book um, and then I, went, then I got introduced to somebody who, could, who is better at structure than me. And we got a bit more fussy about cutting stuff out and putting it into some sort of order and a flow. Um, and then for the last couple of years, again, off and on, I've been sort of editing and checking and, and moving things around. And then it got locked down. Um, and it was like, oh, I have no more excuses for not finishing this book because previously I'd been out doing my thing. Um, so I decided to keep going. I finished it and I did decide to publish it. It was a question I asked myself to wait. And actually, I'm really glad I did because um, it's got a little life of its own. A lot of people who have who do know me and have, have worked with and uh, people in my life have been almost waiting for it. Uh, so it did go. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I can't, I almost, who would have thought I would have written a book? It just start with a little bit of my story that I wasn't particularly believed in as a child. Um, I had to find my own confidence. So I am living proof that you can have lots of limiting beliefs about yourself and, and move them and change them. Uh, I would not have launched the book if I had been my uh, teenage self. 
but uh, you know I want the book to be a resource it is a bit of a manual if you like I wanted it to be a resource for people and so far the feedback has been that and more so I'm thrilled that people are seeing it as, as something that is a helpful guide amazing it's one of those ideas that lots of us kind of feel like there's a book in us somewhere but the limiting beliefs and I actually not eight years ago but uh, I've always kind of had that like oh will I write something and then a few months ago I was like yeah I'm gonna write something I sort of planned this is what the chapters will be and then I've done nothing but <laughs> I kind of I like just talking so I'm kind of tempted just to go right that's the chapter and I'm just going to talk and waffle through each of them and I'll listen back to it and some of it might be good some of it might be complete nonsense I think it's like you know trying to silence those limiting beliefs and kind of finding a way that works for you and it sounds like for you having all of that material and then finding I think sometimes having an external eye who can kind of help us to focus can be really helpful definitely I was very nervous about sharing it with somebody you know this had been my thoughts for ever such a long time I'd, I'd sort of people people who knew me sort of some people knew that I was having a go at writing a book um but anyone who, who does feel they've got a book in them you know I really would urge them to get on with it and do it however it takes however long it takes as well um it isn't you know for me personally it's a huge achievement um and I think being able to have it as part of my business now and, and have it as a sort of foundation for the business is really exciting. Um, and I think from there, you know, if it follows other people's lives and, and journeys and I'm running some um, masterclasses around it and I've done a 12 week, I'm running a 12 week and it's a week 11 tomorrow and the people on it, are, I'm absolutely about how much they've pushed and how hard they've worked on the content of the book through this program and it's just so exciting to see people visibly more confident on the on the zoom calls um so and their lives you know hopefully have taken a different path and, and off it goes so yeah i feel very fortunate that it, that I, it has landed like it has but i suppose i've put a lot of effort into it to make it hopefully useful yeah do you see yourself doing a kind of a follow-up maybe kind of pooling from having run that course or is it I've done a book I think um I don't see uh, that book is is a book in its own right um I have I did pull out quite a lot of content that was much more related to relationships more intimate relationships this is a book a bit more about a relationship with yourself and then how you communicate generally with others uh, there's definitely I've got a lot of content around actual intimate relationships and what what constitutes a healthy one and how to get out of a not healthy one but actually I did pull out quite a lot and kept it um, and funny I should ask a few weeks ago still obviously in sort of lockdown got it out and had a look and there are I, I've made about 50 pages so far so I think there'll be a smaller book but I think there will be a book that's I feel like there's gaps in this one um, around people wanting to improve their intimate relationships that I feel I could probably share some, some thoughts. So I am going to probably, but it feels totally different. I've learned so much. I've learned the hard way about how to write a book and how not to write a book. So the whole thing, I've got a structure this time. That's the only thing, I'm not an expert to give advice. Obviously, I've only written one book, but the only thing I would say if anyone is, is to have a structure because I didn't. And it was harder to put loads and loads of content into a structure than it would be to start with some sort of a structure. So this second book for me has got a structure um, and, and that then feels more doable. It'll be a lot shorter, the process, I'm pretty sure. I think intimate relationships can be something that we can have lots of mixed views about stress around. But I think that understanding and better relationship with ourselves first is really fundamental for being able to have a healthier relationship. And I had um, a podcast episode ago about friendship, actually, with one of my friends. And there's something that we were reflecting on that actually a really healthy relationship between two people is when you have two healthy individuals who are then they're kind of OK in themselves to then be able to have that healthy dialogue 
dynamic. They're not putting too much on the other. They don't need too much validation from the other person because they're like okay in themselves and the relationship. So I think it's quite a nice sort of follow from from your current book. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more that two individuals coming together and having their own self belief and their own self assurance then allows a relationship to be healthy, to feel safe, to not make make up assumptions and things like that so yeah that's 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 going to be the focus for for book two but here's me saying who who thought i'd have even written one you know so i think uh, it's, it's it's interesting process yeah we need to celebrate the success tell those limiting beliefs shush <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, 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 it, it has it's been a piece for me personally i could say i think number one achievement was actually physically doing it and writing it was kind of where I started off if you like in life um, and then after that it's been a pl- uh, something new for a lot of people who are my my clients and my followers if you like and then after that I'm excited to see where it goes and you know I'm loving getting messages from people I say I've got your book and it's great and you know I'm really enjoying it so just fab it's, it is fab um, but yeah I'm definitely keen to encourage others to, to, do, to do the same if that's for them. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to check it out. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I've, I've had quite a few guests who've written books and I'm going to have to grab them all and have like a shelf dedicated <laughs> podcast guests. And I have so many books, so I don't know when I'm going to read them all, but um, I love books. Um, hey, it leads nicely into my set questions because books is something that brings me joy. And my first question that I ask everyone is what always brings you joy in your life? Oh, wow. I mean, I love people. I know it sounds a real cliche that I work with people, but I genuinely uh, uh, bring, the people bring me joy, even, you know, almost that challenging when you're observing somebody doing something. And it's not that that brings me joy, but just, I do just love people. Um, but of course, I'm the, the other, the opposite to that is I love the outdoors and I, I've got quite a few animals. I love animals have always had animals all through my life I feel like they teach us so much uh, we can observe so so much so I love kind of yeah outside I'm a bit of a have a go at most things type of person um, and the other thing that makes my world go around is music I'm not a musician I just love listening to music and singing and singing along in the car yeah I love love having a sing song in the car in the shower um and animals absolutely and I often talk about my dog Hector um, and what he's taught me um so my next question is what makes life meaningful for you what makes life meaningful Meaningful. I think it is my um I am probably a bit of a development junkie almost I think being and it sounds like that makes me sound a bit cranky really but I think just uh you know my own journey much that some of it hasn't been easy I, I I do like to be able to see that I've made progress, that I can, you know, and my business, my top value around my business is making a difference. So if I feel I can be with somebody, support somebody to make a difference in their life, then that makes it meaningful for me. Um, but, you know, I think just being able to reflect on my own life and my own journey, I haven't got it always right, but, you know, not being able to, just being able to see all of that as a great learning curve. I think it just makes it feel like, yeah, it's got a purpose and, and who knows what's next. I think that would be, yeah, I think that would be my answer to that. Awesome. And then my next question, I'd be really interested to hear your perspective with your background, as we talked about. Um, so I always ask guests that come on what mental wellness means to them. I think mental wellness means to me is, is that, com- that link between looking after yourself physically but but look but people often miss how we're going to look after so for me it is that they are linked but I think mental wellness is being true to yourself I think it's being kind to yourself and it's looking for what fits what works for you to be able to have that mind space have that something that some people do like going out for a walk and having that head space I think it's giving yourself a something that allows you to some people go and smash it in a gym or a swimming pool some people sit with animals for me it's finding the thing that's going to give you some peace that you can work out what it is that's 
troubling you. I think there's a for me it feels like there's wellness means how are you how are you going to sort out your stuff and what do you need to be able to do that? And I think it's about I think off the top of my head that's probably how I would answer that. It's got so many arms, hasn't it? Mental health, wellness. Um, but I think yeah, I think it's just being for me it's about being true to yourself, trying to find some peace and some happiness in in each day, even if there's a lot going on. And that kind of links to my follow-up question, which is, how do you look after your mental well-being? I, um, I am a verbal processor, so and I'm quite comfortable with that, which means I like to talk to people if I am struggling. So it's, I suppose it's no irony that I've set up a business where people come and do that with me. But I would seek um, some validation or being able to hear myself saying it out loud someone else means and I'm processing it I can hear what I'm saying I think oh hang on a minute I might have got that wrong but equally on the back of that I actually do sit with stuff sometimes as well so I try I try and do a bit of both I do sit I'm really uncomfortable about something something's happened something feel upset I feel angry feel unsettled I will make myself sit with it and, and I often encourage people to do that and some people hate me for it and they're like, no, don't make me do it. But actually, I think your little gems come out of that. You suddenly have a realisation. Or another very powerful tool that I use sometimes is to write. Let all your thoughts come out. Some people call it journaling. Let all your thoughts come out and just keep writing, keep writing. You usually find you get some, some real gem in there, in that writing of something, a realisation of hang on a minute. Do I need to be like this? Do I need to think like this? Am I going to believe that person? And something really good comes out of it. So for me, it is a combination of sitting with it, writing sometimes about it, and definitely picking up the phone and talking it through with somebody. It doesn't have to be a professional by any stretch. I mean, I generally do have quite a lot of friends who do the same as me, so I suppose I'm a bit spoiled that I could just pick the phone up. But, you know, a good listener can usually help me out by me explaining what I'm struggling with. Um, and they'll validate or uh, or challenge me and say, oh, hang on a minute, there might be another perspective, which I think is always healthy. Awesome. I, I do. I guess it's like verbal journaling. And so I sometimes, sometimes I record it, sometimes I won't. And I'll just like, if I'm in the car, I'll just talk to myself. So it's kind of the com- combining both of those, the sort of getting out, but also just kind of thinking through it. And sometimes about, okay, so what? <laughs> so I just talk to myself. And then often, um that I'll be like okay yeah so now I've decided this is the kind of what I have to do or you know the the the, whatever it is or what the root of the problem is so yeah it's quite it might just be my own little quirk but it's something that I found that that works for me yeah I like it next question and often a challenge for people uh is are you able to describe your mindset my mindset oh good question um, I would say, hmm, that's an, I've never been asked that question before. My mindset. I think I am um, I'm quite an observer of my mind um, now. I never used to be, but I would say that I can, I, I can see things. I can often see things in myself and others that aren't, almost haven't even platformed yet. I can almost hear things that people are saying. So if that's the mindset, it's kind of my, I have quite a lot of clarity um, by just observing. Um, I definitely would see myself as as non-judgmental as I possibly could be. We all judge slightly, but I'm kind of quite clear on being able to give people a, a, a chance to be themselves. So I'm, I, I feel... I feel I would say that. That's a really interesting question on mindset. I'm, I'm quite a happy person. Um, I choose to say to stay quite positive about things. I've got a pretty positive um, attitude to things because I don't won't judge. Um, I will just be with whatever's there. I, it's not my job to judge others. Um, but yeah, I think quite a positive, grateful, grateful mindset really, and and being able to just be in that space wherever I find myself with whoever I'm with 
Awesome. It's always a really interesting question because quite often people haven't thought about it before. No, I mean, I and haven't so. even. How weird is that? Yeah. yeah. yeah mindset, but, and what kind of things, I mean, just what kind of things do people say? I'm not even. It's, well, it's really interesting because sometimes it'll be similar of being kind or being non judgmental. Uh, sometimes we go into, sometimes it's just like one word. We go on interesting detours sometimes it's kind of whatever comes up and I, I try not to sort of even give a definition of what I mean by mindset sure. um and then sometimes people will say well what do you mean by mindset and I'll say oh like your attitude to life your approach to life um but it's it's interesting as with with all of the questions that sometimes there's overlap or similarity the joy and meaning are interesting because sometimes people do them the other way around or sometimes they're the same sometimes they're not and um I guess it just shows that sort of, you know, the, our own interpretation and understanding of the word and our own perception, it can be similar, it can be different. And I just find it really interesting. Yeah. To, um, yeah, I think to that, hear, that hear piece is say. interesting, isn't it? About perception and uh, interpretation. That is something that gets us almost into the most drama that we all have is, you know, there's a word mindset or there's a word loyalty or there's a word love and people don't interpret them the same um and when you don't when you're not when you don't realize that that's happened or when you realize that's happened your quality of your relationship completely changes in your communication yeah i think uh, the is it the love languages the way that we show and like to be shown love and sometimes you can be doing something you're thinking like well i, I love you i'm showing you love and if the other person experiences yeah. love and views it could be a different way they could be like, well, no, you're not, because, <laughs> you know, and it's that disconnect and that having that self-awareness of actually, for me, this is what it looks like. And then the other person having that awareness and being able to communicate, which can be difficult to do mm-hmm. to, yeah. 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 Say. The amount of couples I've worked with and I say to them, you know, have you, have you, have you, have you had a conversation about this? Uh, you know, have you told him or her that this is what you'd like? Oh, no. I'm like, I could. <laughs> it's, the, it's the thing that wanting them to be psychic. Like, how did, why, why didn't you know? <laughs> <Can't they? laughs> oh, we're weird creatures. That's what I always think with people, but fun and interesting, but weird. <laughs> so, so my next question, and I know you mentioned a toolkit earlier, and I, I love the concept of a toolkit. And what we always try and do is offer people some suggestions of ideas of things they can put in place in their life or put in their toolkit that are going to help them to kind of get more out of life. So do you have a top one to three things that you would recommend people have a go at? Ooh. I think one of the um, most powerful things that people can do for themselves is to um, think about, so yeah, so you're giving me three, aren't you? Let me do three. I think we we need to identify who our supporters are because sometimes we get, we have a lot of people around us. Some are in your life and they, they almost have to be in your life, but they might not be good for you. I think we something that I see a lot of people do is they they need to know who their supporters are, who they can trust. And, and, and make sure you access them when you're struggling. Because quite often you might go for the person who is a little bit judgmental of you, a little, maybe a little bit envious of you, and you go to them with a, a little wobble or a big wobble, and they're not quite there in the right way. I think it's really important to just think, who are my supporters? Um, I think something else that is really powerful is to look at your values if anybody can think about their values and you can do that in any context, you can do it in life, you can do it in relationships, in business. Quite often things that go wrong are because we are not looking after our values and then we blame the other person or the situation. So any, any sort of work that people can do around it, establishing what's important to them in their life, what is it? Is it all about trust and love or is it all about hardworking and integrity or whatever it is? And you'll notice when you're upset, you'll have something will be challenging or neglecting your values. And I think the values piece is massive. It might not be a quick tip, it might have given you something a bit bigger than that. Um, but I think another lovely little task that we should all do is create vision boards or mood boards and really get, get dreaming about where, where you want to go 
Um, I've run some fabulous workshops helping people. Or they've made the made, they've made the vision boards, and I've helped them make sure that they believe that they were they are worthy of having them. Um, and I, I just think it's something that is it's just super powerful. It's a gorgeous thing. Some people poo poo it and say, ah, it's it's not. You know, it isn't that, but it, it really is. I think just the joy of just thinking about what do I want in my life? What will it look like? How will I know I've got it? And that whole piece with the vision board um, is just, just a lovely thing to do. I made um, a kind of vision board PowerPoint uh, yesterday called Dream Home. I guess what it was about. Um, but actually the whole process and then just looking through it brings me joy because it looks so lovely. And some of it is maybe achievable. Some of it is like not unless I win the lottery, <laughs> but that whole, whole thing. And actually what is really interesting is a kind of, there's like a slide for each room, but then looking through the whole thing, there is this kind of consistency of kind of style and feel through the whole thing. Even though I hadn't really thought about it, I just kind of gone for like, oh, what do I like the look of mostly from Pinterest, but then looking through it, it's like that, oh, that's really like my aesthetic that I hadn't really consciously thought about, but it's kind of come through. And yeah, just the whole thing is quite joyful. And then it's the telling my subconscious it will happen <laughs> one day. But that's what it's about, isn't it? And I mean, Pinterest is just gorgeous for that. Love it. <laughs> it's just gorgeous for mood boards and, and visions. And you, know, you can go on there and collect lots of uh, affirmations and quotes that you love and then just keep reading them and reading them and remember you know any of this change work in the mind it's like going to the gym it needs repetition it needs it regularly it's not just something you do once a day and think oh right I've done my my mindset um exercises today it's constant the mind is so powerful that it will have you believe all the, the stuff that you wish you didn't um so we've got to keep at it we've got to keep saying you know good job with ourselves we've got to be able to celebrate all things um, and I think the smallest things actually give the biggest impact you know I had a client this morning and he he said he's, he, he's been waiting for a long time for this aha moment where he gets this huge uh, shift and he's going to suddenly wake up and think wow I've done it he said I don't think I'm going to be like that he said I'm doing little steps every day and I was like I think little steps every day is more sustainable and actually more real and you know there aren't many people who have that sudden epiphany uh, in life yeah absolutely and I think it's that it feels more achievable as well those small steps every day and I think because sometimes it's really easy to sort of slip backwards into those habits and then you sort of wake up you're like oh wait <laughs> I forgot those small steps but I think yeah it's that sort of much more achievable and yeah I, I think well, I was gonna say I think we kind of like the idea of the big kind of epiphany but if it actually happened it would really freak us out because it'd be too much change all in one go and we have this weird like love-hate thing with change like we want to change but we don't like change and definitely definitely one thing I was just going to say there which I see in a lot of people is a the little steps are absolutely key but if you're a big thinker you will find you won't notice that the little steps are key. So I see a lot of people who say um, I was going to run a marathon. That's my goal. And if I'm a big picture thinker, I'll only see completing the marathon as, as the final product. I won't see any steps towards it. This is unconsciously. But, but if we are like that, and so many people are like that, where they don't then start because it's nowhere near the big job. So for you with your dream house, if you didn't do it in chunks and in rooms or in, in, in sections, you, you almost don't go for it at all because you're, you think, oh, it's just too overwhelming or it's just never gonna, I'm never going to get there. So we've absolutely got to chunk our, our activities down as much as our, our achievements and noticing the small chunks. You know, if you are wanting a dream job, you go out and buy the stamp for the application form so we don't do that anymore so in my eighth year um you know you, that's still part of it and it's actually being able to go i've done something today towards my dream I've, I've made a step towards whatever it is that you're achieving but so many people bail out because it's just they're not near enough to it that oh it's too far away uh, i won't bother and then then they feel miserable well and i think having that that big focus on that big dream job can feel really overwhelming like how do I get from here to there and so yeah getting the stamp or whatever that first step is 
I'll just look into the course I need to do or the job and then I'll just apply and see what happens rather than like oh that's so far away so yeah. I think people do for so many things whether it's the relationship whether it's a job a home you know anything really um we we seem to just limit ourselves you know we they reckon we're we're always always so near to achieving it and then we we give up and we, we are hard taskmasters to ourselves. We don't look back and say, look where I've come, look how far I've got. It's too easy to say, oh, I'm not going to bother anymore. And that's the bit that, you know, we, that repetition bit, you know, you're not going to get fit going to the gym once. You've got to go regularly. It's a lifelong, like you said, it's a lifelong probably process. Well, so is this, uh, you know, that's where we've got to be kinder to ourselves. Absolutely. And with that, my, my final question for you is where people can find you online, where, if they want to work with you, if they want to get a copy of your book, where can they find you? Okay, so um, I have a website, which is www.2-minds.co.uk. I am on um, Instagram, which is Alison 2 minds I'm on Facebook, which is 2minds. A bit of a theme here. Um, I kind of do Twitter, but not. I don't think that's the place where I'm that that good. I like Twitter, but I don't do it as much. But that is Alison Blackler, which is my name. And um, my book um, is on Amazon um, because that is the place for books. Uh, locally, where I am, I have got it in a couple of bookshops. I'm on the Wirral, which I'm not sure quite where your all your uh, viewers are or your listeners are. Um, it is an ebook as well. Um, and I do have copies, but again, with lockdown, it's changed so, so much. Um, I'm not really seeing people like I would have been, but um, some people are waiting to be able to buy them from me. Awesome. And then if you could just remind us the title of your book as well. Yeah. So my book is called A Path Travelled, How to Make Sense of Your Life. And you can find it in the self-help section. Um, I think finding happiness and self-discovery that kind of um area which is huge it is a huge field there are an awful lot of books there's some fantastic books out there but one of the things that has been said about my book which is which i'm pleased is there is a lot of work out there that is amazing but it's quite american i'm not i'm not uh, missing it at all but us british sometimes you know need it in a different way and some of the feedback i've got is that this is it is written, I am British, it is written with our way that we are, our conservative ways of being. We're not quite the same. As it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, and we've got quite a few um, American listeners and we've had quite a few American guests on. And I think we often think about how similar our culture is. And there are a lot of similarities, but we sometimes don't appreciate the differences. And I've got a few American podcasts I listen to, which are fab. And there's one and she is so positive all the time. And sometimes I'm like, I just <laughs> I don't have the energy for it. And I don't know if it's maybe partly me and my personality, but I think partly also the British kind of thing. You know, when you see these um, like motivational speakers in the US who are very like loud and everywhere and I'm, people can't see, I'm like waving my hands around, <laughs> jazz hands. And I feel like if you had a room of Brits, we'd probably be a bit like, what is happening? Because <laughs> it's that... Yeah, there is a difference so yeah i i wish we were more american i think yeah. we are too you know i really do think sometimes we are too um stiff up a lip and uh, you know yeah. we're not as much as we could I've, be but i think but i also think that we are different you know we are i i've read so many i've got so many um so many heroes who are american who i read and i follow and i love them but, you know, it, that sometimes for some people, I think if they're trying to read the message, sometimes they find the approach different. And I, this book, while it is for anyone, it's, it's uh, you know, it's out there for anyone. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it has got that sort of approach to how we are as British people. And we do find it hard to be pleased with ourselves and to shout and to blow our trumpets. And I am a big fan of us all blowing our trumpets. More, be more American almost, be more... Yeah. Well, I love it, but I just think that not everyone's there. Um, and I think that's why this, hopefully this book is, is written in a way that kind of is, is approachable for, for, for everyone, really. Yeah. You've not got to get through that sort of rah-rah. 
it's it's more genuine maybe than uh, yeah or or maybe yeah maybe it just feels more more british i guess british. i think yeah. that's good to say it's not and i'm not i'm i'm, I'm absolutely not saying anything about because if anything i'm more saying let's live let's let's be less british yeah. and be more doughty about ourselves because the subconscious mind is crying out for that it's literally crying out for that i guess it's that kind of conscious like awkwardness um that because it maybe feels so different to our usual way of being that it can kind of turn us off it and kind of, Oh, no, that's, <laughs> that's not for me. Cause it's too much. It's too uncomfortable. So maybe a kind of more subtle, maybe way in or a more gentle kind of way of going, Hey, you are great. Let's. <laughs> I, think so. I, I think it's something that's interesting. I, I've shared some of the people I love with, with clients and things in the past and they've come back and said, yeah, I, I can see what they're saying, but, it's just a bit too much for me. And, and that's one of the other motivations for me writing this book, not to say that there aren't other great um, British writers out there who've written similar books to me, because it, it is a huge market. There's a saying, isn't there, that um, uh, something along the lines of, uh, you know, you might have the same message as kind of other people, but some you need to kind of hear it in the right way from the right person. So although you might be saying sort of the same general thing as someone else, we're all different. We all have our own ways of being and our own ways of liking to hear messages and so someone might say it and you might be like yeah but it doesn't really go in and then someone else says pretty much the same thing but in a different way and you're like oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and that's where you have got to find something that works for you you know I think I would say that with book recommendations you know if, if I give a book recommendation to a client you know I'll always really encourage them to go and read all the reviews, go and read the first few pages, make sure that what I'm saying I think might work for them is for them. Uh, and I need them to actually pick up that book and say, yep, yeah, I'm going to give this a go and not be starting to read it and then think, oh, why has she recommended this for me? Because it is personal. You know, I've read, I've read books that people have read and said they didn't enjoy them. And, I've, and I, I love them and vice versa, I guess. Yeah, so... I guess we're, yeah, we're finishing on this. We're all complete individuals and that's saying that we always say here. And I guess that self-awareness, you need to figure out what mm -hmm. kind of person you are, who you are, what works for you. And then, yeah, be true to that. Definitely. I mean, the, my book is about being your own true self. You know, the path yeah. traveled is your path in your journey. And, and absolutely, if I'm stand for anything, it's about finding a way to be your true self, not with the influence of others not within any kind of anything really that holds you back and I think that in itself is an exciting journey but it's also going to be a bit scary too. I think that's a perfect place uh, to end our conversation so thank you so much Alison I've really loved speaking with you and going everywhere we've been <laughs> in this conversation so thank, thank you. So thank you for having me on Hannah it's been great. You're welcome. So thanks again to Alison for joining us and sharing her wisdom and uh, update on my book idea. I still just have an outline and haven't really done anything around it. It's one of many ideas that I have kind of floating around in the ether that um, maybe there will there will be updates on in, in the new year. I think feel like we're kind of in a wind down period. Um, I know I've got some annual leave kind of coming up and, um, you know, although the Christmas period will be a bit different, um, it's like a well actually last year on the podcast we had um, a short break which we probably won't do this year or maybe just put out a couple of shorter episodes um so yeah I'm not sure that diving into starting something new it's <laughs> kind of the right time at the moment for me personally although saying that something uh, another exciting thing I want to share is you will soon be hearing a new voice on our blog if you read our blog Currently, it's just me, and to be perfectly honest, hasn't been for a little while. Um, I haven't really felt that uh, inspired to sort of sit and write and reflect. I've been more talking and um, and doing this. But uh, Leanne, who joined us uh, several episodes ago now to talk about sex positive sex education, uh, is someone who is behind the scenes who helps us like you with our newsletter and is going to be a new voice on the blog, uh, mainly in the new year, 
but there will be uh, an intro vlog from her coming this week or next so stay tuned for that so that's super excited that that she'll be sharing her voice and her passion uh, on the on the blog as well as having been on the show as well. So if you haven't checked that out, if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, head on over to www.psyche.co.uk, psyche, P-S-Y-K-H-E, and sign up there. And you can also, and you sign up to our newsletter, download our gratitude journal. If gratitude is a practice that you're wanting to to try out for yourself, then uh, check it out. And I've been thinking about my own gratitude practice, which, to be honest, sometimes is a bit non-existent, (laughs) journaling and goal setting and all of that. And actually, I have um, a bullet journal, which has been on my desk for a year. I haven't really done much with it because I always found like I I wanted it set out and then it would be the month and I hadn't taken the time to set it out. And actually, slowly, I've been starting to prepare it for next year um, and get the pages all drawn up and really think about what I want to be tracking and what I want it to look like so it's still an ongoing project but I'm quite excited about that and Pinterest is my friend and I guess I've been on Pinterest well I'm always on Pinterest but (laughs) Alison said that idea of um like a vision board a kind of uh mood board which I which I loved anyway uh I'm not going to keep waffling on at you today but um I really want to thank Alison again for coming on and uh, joining us Limiting beliefs is something that I reflect on for myself, something I support clients with as well in my own coaching. Um, and I would encourage you to to pause and to check in with yourself for your own limiting beliefs and what they're holding you back from. But I hope you have a good week. Be kind to yourself and uh, we'll speak to you on Wednesday. Take care. Bye. <laughs>